Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Like, they tell me their gross revenue. I'm like, I don't care about your gross revenue. I know a lot of $10 million, $100 million agencies that make zero. So that's not good. So what is your profitability margin? And they say, oh, it's 15, 20%. I'm like, okay, do you know the service-based bureau? All the service-based companies in the U.S. based on the Service Bureau is around 32%. That's the average. So you're way below the average. So let's focus on profitability. Then what we That's Jason Swink, our special guest today. S-W-E-N-K is his last name. And Jason is a master at helping people build their agencies. An agency being a business where you are in the service-based business helping others do something, whether it's an SEO agency, a design agency, a a copywriting agency, what have you, doesn't really matter. If you have the ability to serve others through your skills or the skills of those who you hire, then this is gonna be a show that you're gonna wanna listen to because Jason is an expert. He's helped people build their agencies and he can help build yours too. And even if you don't have an agency, you have more of a personal brand and you sell digital courses versus services, this is still gonna be very helpful for you as well. So make sure you listen all the way through. I appreciate you for sticking around. Let's get to the music. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he once lost his wedding ring, but found it hours later on the floor of a train station, Pat Flynn. What a lucky break. Hey, what's up? This is Pat Flynn. Thank you so much for listening to session 332 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And today we got Jason Swank on the show. You can find him at jasonswank.com. But like I said earlier, he's a master at helping people build and scale and profit from their agencies. He sold one of his own and he's doing great and he's helping a lot of people. So let's just dive right in. Here we go, Jason Swank. What's up, Jason? Welcome to the SPI podcast. Thanks for being here, man. Oh man, Pat, thanks for having me on the show. I've been, uh, you know, I've been listening since 2014, so it's an honor to come on. That's crazy, man. You know, it's funny. A lot of people they set their goals to when they hear the podcast, like one day I'm going to be on the show. And I, I never <laughs> even knew you listened uh, to the show, so that, that's awesome. And in what we're going to be talking about today, hopefully one day somebody's listening. Uh, you know, has listened to this and goes, man, it was that episode with Jason that really changed everything. Because I know 
you were able to do that and you you are doing that for people. Tell us kind of what it is that you do, Jason. Yeah, you know, I help agency owners grow a little bit faster and just provide a resource I wish I had when I was, you know, growing my digital agency. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I started in 1999, back when Al Gore invented the internet, right? If we can remember <laughs> back that far enough and really had no clue of what to do. I mean, I got my I got my start because one of my friends looked like Justin Timberlake. And so I created a fake band, fake website. And I, I know you like to rap and all that kind of stuff. I could not sing, even though we put out some music. And if anybody finds it, I'll deny it. <laughs> and it got popular. And then people offered me uh, money to design websites. And that's how I got my start. Dude, that's crazy. Can you define for us what exactly an agency is for those of us who are like, what, what does Jason mean? Yeah. So it's a digital marketing agency or a marketing agency. So think about admin, right? Anybody creating a website, doing pay-per-click ads, AdWords, you know, doing any kind of marketing services for your business. That's what an agency is. Okay. And then tell me about the first time like you've dealt with agencies and kind of like why that model? Well, I mean, I kind of fell into it by accident, you know, and I think all of us are kind of accidental entrepreneurs or agency owners, right? Mm -hmm. And I always joke with people, like, when I created that fake website, like, I knew how to do websites back then. And then that's when people started wanting websites. And so I just kind of faked it till I made it. I mean, literally, it was... I think they fall into it going, hey, I can get this freedom. I don't have to work for the man anymore. And I can do what I want to do. And so they just start jumping into this life. And it's it's an amazing life. It's a it's a challenging one as well. Like it's everybody always thinks it's sunshine and rainbows. But, you know, it's uh, you just have to work at it and, and create the right systems and and really surround yourself with the right people and just try to help people out and pick a market and you can be successful. You mentioned a couple keywords, systems and people. We'll get to those in just a moment. But an agency, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not you doing the ads. It's not you creating the, you know, the, the, the materials and all that stuff. Like it's people that you hire to do this for you, correct? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, you, you first start off doing it by yourself, but really at the end of the day, you're a freelancer, right? With a lot of contractors. Mm -hmm. But then what you start realizing is there's a cap on what your time is actually worth and actually how much you can actually do. And then what we want to do is we want to kind of scale that, right? And I think that's with any business. And I heard a great analogy the other day. It's called milking the cow. I don't know if you've heard this, right? Mm-hmm. Like we think about, you know, you're a cow, you can only produce so much milk and that milk will only get you so far. But then you start trying to spread that a little bit thinner and you try to make that milk into cheese and then try to distribute that cheese and you try to do all these things. But what got you to where you're at right now and when you try to scale is totally different or what you need to do to get to the next level. And, uh, you know, it takes a while to, to realize that. And so when they start realizing that they realize that they have to surround themselves with people to do other things that you don't need to be doing. And you only need to be doing your milk, the things that you're really good at that no one else can do. So like for your business, right? It's doing the podcast, doing the videos, you know, speaking, that's your milk, everything else. People can slice and dice your podcast for you, distribute all your social media content, create your funnels, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's take it back to a person who is a freelancer. They're doing some work for others, but they are getting to that point where they're feeling capped and tapped out and they know they need to start growing and, and scaling. What might their first steps be to head down and into the agency model? To charge more. 
Look, we all like I talk to so many freelancers and even agency owners all day long. And the biggest thing that they tell me is, look, Jason, I'm too busy and I can't afford to hire anybody. And the biggest thing that they're not doing is they need to charge more. They need to charge more so they can afford to bring in the right people to do the things that they don't need to do anymore. And then the other thing they need to really do is niche down and really pick a particular market because we always struggle with knowing where we need to go and who do we need to contact. And Mm. we're always kind of wishing, hey, that perfect client needs to come to me, but I don't know who that perfect client is. And those are the two things I always tell a freelancer to do. So raise your price, which in my experience will do a couple of things. It'll allow you to get better clients um, and it will reduce the number of clients that you have. So you can have kind of a better experience and and you, you had mentioned something I hadn't thought about, but now you have more money to start hiring people. Exactly. It's just, it's the easiest thing that you can do, but you have to figure out how much you're how much are you worth? And we always undervalue ourselves. I mean, even me and probably even you, Pat, of like, we always think, wow, man, I'm charging this much. I don't know about that. And and we know a lot more than everybody else. So we're always kind of like, well, I think they'll pay this. But the funny thing is, is when someone challenges you to charge more, you know, it, it, you start to, like you were saying, you start to get better clients and then you're able to bring in other people to even deliver a better experience, a better process. And, and that's everything. Why do you think we undercharge ourselves or undervalue ourselves just in the first place? I just think it's always self-doubt, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all lack the confidence because this is the first time going through this particular thing. You know, like when I created this particular business, my whole goal was to create a resource I wish I had because I remember how hard it was. And I would always second guess my decisions. And I would be like, is this the right decision? And then I finally realized the wrong decision was not making a decision. I just needed to go at it, right? And it was just like, we just ponder back and forth going. And even when we buy something or we buy a course or we start working with someone or hire whatever, our first like idea after that is like, did we make the right decision? And we just need to be like, yes, we did. Let's move on. We'll either learn from it or we'll make money from it. That's it. Okay. So we're hiring somebody now that we've started charging more and we have some money to work with. We're, we're hiring somebody. Who do we hire first? And I know that's kind of a good loaded, question. That's kind no, of a loaded it's a question, but um, you've, you've had experience with this. So where, where might I start? Well, it it comes down to self-awareness of figuring out what are you really good at, right? So what I was really good at was sales and getting in front of people and talking with people and, and walking them through a process in order to sell them. But I was really bad at attention to detail and really doing follow ups. Mm-hmm. So my first hire would be the project manager. And I think it's for everybody, my first hire for everybody. I really think it comes down to a project manager because too many of us try to manage our clients. And when we're managing our clients, who do we forget about? Ourselves. And then we are kind of the cobbler's kids, right? Like how many times do you talk to an agency or you see an agency's website and be like, don't look at our website. It's horrible. Like we never have time to do it. Right. Like all the time. And so we're the cobbler's kids. But if we can hire the people to actually manage the project, you are going to free up so much time so you can actually focus on growing the business. Which is, I think, where we should be focused on as the agency sort of CEO, if you will. 
Um, but I know, I know a big issue that a lot of people have when they start expanding their team, especially if it's sort of like an agency model where now the, the hires are the one that are doing the work when before it was, it was the CEO that was the one doing the work. There's like, they, they feel a little disconnected between them and the clients. Now, how do you help facilitate that and keep, even from the client side, somebody might hire you because they're hiring you, but then you're not doing the work for them. How do you position that in a way that makes sense so they still feel like they're getting the right thing? Yeah, it's all about positioning in the very beginning. So like I used to work for Arthur Anderson right out of school. And so they were famous, like the paper shredding company, the big Mm -hmm. consulting firm. And so they were famous for the partner selling the deal and then the school bus dropping us kids off that knew nothing what to do, right? And then the clients would be upset. Well, what you need to do is in the sales process, start introducing your team or the person that's going to be the project manager. Once you get to a qualification process, like you don't want to bring your team in for every prospect that ever comes to you because they may not be qualified. But once they're qualified, start positioning them as the experts. So like I would say, look, you don't want me managing your project. My attention to details really stinks. But, you know, Beth here is amazing at follow-up. She's going to take care of you and all of this. And and they're just setting them up and positioning them as the expert, as their advisor going forward and say, look, I will always be here to listen to you. But at the end of the day, they know what's going on. I'm just the, the pretty face or the goofy guy on a video like and whining, dining you. This person's going to take you to where you need to go. I really like that positioning. It reminds me of an architecture because the principals of the firms, they were the ones striking the deals, going out and building relationships. But then who was actually working on the projects? It was the project manager. Who's, who's in, in charge of the job captains and the senior drafters and whatnot. And the principal was just there to make sure everything was cool every once in a while. But um, it was the project manager that was really the one working on it. And yeah, that's 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 a perfect way to position it. I, li- I like that a lot. Um, what are some of the challenges when a person starts to build a team that maybe I'm missing or not, we haven't talked about yet, that are pretty yeah. common that we should avoid? So remember when I was saying that everybody's kind of accidental when they create their agency or even Mm -hmm. their business, and this applies to any business out there, you have to have clarity of where you're going. You have to know, you have to be able to set that vision and communicate that to your team often so they can make decisions without you. When you start building a team at first, all of your employees, all your team members are always going to come to you for every single decision. And that's just, you're creating a huge bottleneck. And it's happening because you haven't given them the ammo in order to go make a decision. So let's say you all jump on a boat and the boat starts going east. Well, they don't know how to course correct it because you never told them to make sure the boat's always going north. So it's giving them the clarity of where they're going. Once you do this, you know, Zappos follows this. All these great, amazing companies follow this of going, look, this is our vision. This is our why. Now, I will always back you up on the whatever decision you make if it's always leading toward this. You just need to help me out with this. And I'll use an example. So, and this was a, a most recent example. We were developing a blog post of the top marketing conferences agency owners needed to go to. And my team listed three or four that I was like, dude, I don't like those people. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, I said, look, we can't I, I take these people out. And they asked me why. I said, well, I just don't like them. And they go, Jason, that doesn't fit the vision. You want to be the number one resource in the world for agency owners and provide a resource you wish you had. And they called me out. I said, you're exactly right. Put it back in. It's not about me. It's about them because I gave them the ammo and the clarity of where to go in order to make that decision. Wow. That's a really powerful example. Um, Thank you for sharing that. 
how do you communicate with your team effectively? Yeah, so a lot of people are creating remote teams, right? Like with my company now, I didn't, I didn't meet my my right hand person for three years in person. That's I feel crazy. really bad about it, right? But and my agency, I had we had over a hundred people, and we we're all in one office. So you know, it's a totally different you know uh, caveat. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, you just oh, it, it, it's you know the the biggest thing is just give them the the ammo that they need in order to be more successful and give them like what I would do, I would always do daily check-ins with them, right? So I would say, look, I want you to do three things in the morning, every morning for me. If you're remote or in the office, I want you to let me know what did you do yesterday? What are you planning to do today based on the goals of the organization? And do you have any problems? Send this to your team distribution list or put it on Slack nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. And what it would do is it would put everybody on the same page. And so they would do it for their small team. And then that team manager would do it for his small group. And then it would just bubble up and it would all go to me by the end of the by maybe 10 o'clock in the morning. So we'd always have a good snapshot of what everything was going on. So for example, if a client wasn't paying or they were having trouble in an account and the designer shouldn't be designing that website anymore because they haven't paid, we would know about it before he even started his day. Or we would know when someone was having a problem so the other team could actually help them out. And it was just a, a very easy thing that we could do to make sure everybody was on the same page and support them. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so your website is swank.it, which is an amazing domain name, swank.it. You're helping people grow and scale their agencies, which is fantastic. Um, I imagine that as you start to build your team, okay, now you have all these resources, you, now you need to get more clients. And so it kind of goes back and forth, right? And then you get more clients, and now you need to hire a bigger team if you want. Um, I'd love to talk about any strategies that you have for agencies that are growing on how to get more exposure now that they, you know, are building this team, they have all these resources now. Right, any any specific marketing strategies that agencies mm-hmm. can can focus on that work better? Yeah, I really think before you even think about the strategies, I think it's all about the positioning. And I think so many agencies that out there are positioned as me too agencies. They all look the same. They just and. And they all look the same because they keep talking about themselves. And in someone else's story, they're telling themselves as kind of the lead, right? Mm -hmm. Where they really need to focus on everybody else. So if you go to anybody's websites, they always say, hey, check out our portfolio, check out our work, and this is how we can actually help you. Even if you go to the about page, all they do is talk about themselves. And I want you guys to think about how can you switch that? And how do you switch it to make everybody else, like your visitor, the person actually coming to you, how can you make them the focal point and make yourself as the trusted advisor? So like if you looked at my about page. If you will go to like jasonswank.com slash about, you won't find anything about me until the very bottom. I ask questions and I ask, I say, Hey, are you struggling with lead generation? Are you struggling with scaling your agency? Are you wanting to sell your agency one day? Well, you may be in the right place. Mm -hmm. And I ask those right questions and I position myself as this trusted advisor rather than a me too business. And I think once you do that, then you can get into the strategies. One of the strategies I tell everybody is, hey, you should have a podcast. I actually direct them to your course. I used to direct them to your free course all the time, but now I know you have a paid one. So I always tell them, go there because this is an amazing strategy because you can reach out to your perfect client that you want to build a relationship with. You're doing a couple things. 
You're building the relationship with them, but also you're building amazing content for other people. So it, it just helps. And, and most of the time when they reach out, they actually become clients. They're like, dude, I really like the podcast. How could, you know, you're an agency. Can you, can you help me out a little bit more? I'm like, yeah, sure. Come to Papa. Right. And, and you start helping. <laughs> I think and a podcast then, is a great strategy and I'm not just saying that because I do have a course and free re- <laughs> free resources and stuff and we'll, we'll let you know at the end of the show where you can get more of that. So thanks for uh, plugging that, Jason. I'll send you your check later. But honestly, we should talk about that affiliate thing at some point in the future because I don't want you to have to just continue to oh. send people over for free. But anyway, you're, you're providing so much value here, which is great. But the podcast, I'm curious. I'm an agency. I want to start a podcast. Do I just name it? my agency or like how do you position that podcast to best feed people into the agency yeah it's all about the audience that you're serving and what are their biggest problems and what do they want to transform into and then thinking about that name from that so i this think is a name niching down yeah. like you said earlier really pays off it is I, I don't think you can do it without niching down i really don't and i think a lot of agencies we look at bigger agencies and we go look they're they're serving everybody and they're doing this but what we need to look at is how did they get there and if you actually start looking at how they actually got there they started small just like facebook facebook didn't come out to compete with myspace for anybody that doesn't remember myspace mm-hmm. right they came out they said hey we're going to do this for harvard students and then we're going to do this for ivy league schools and then colleges and then ex-girlfriends and boyfriends stalking each other, right? And they just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the same thing you need to do. Stop looking at what the big guys are doing because look, I know all the big guys and I talk with the big guys and they laugh at their websites. They laugh at their marketing because they're doing it wrong. They've built a huge database and relationship with all these big brands and that's how they're getting the big brands. They're not winning them because they put the portfolio of Porsche on their website. Yeah, that's great. Like I think Again, niching down, even though you're serving less, you're actually serving more people better. Uh, that's that's great. And then I also love the podcast because it's, to me, the most intimate form of sort of a relationship building process here online through hearing a person's voice. And if it's anything, it's it's like, you know, you're, you're already getting a taste of what that kind of service is going to be like and what that person, like the kind of vibe that they have and that, that sort of thing. And it's just very simple to have a person lead into if they need some help you know, to, to get that help. And I, I also like the niching down thing just to further that a little bit because that, you know, the riches are in the niches as, as I always say. And I think for this particular show and with the agency model, I mean, I mean, it makes even more sense because you can now, even though across all different industries, the pains and the problems are similar, you talk about it in a way and use the same language as that niche so that it, they, they really begin to understand that you are the solution for that because if you can understand and, and and show that you understand using the same language i mean it's just kind of an obvious you know end of that conversation is oh yeah i want to work with you yeah and and i always tell people too it's don't worry about the numbers and i think you say this all the time like i always joke with people i'm like look sarah blakely of Spanx. all she needed was one that one listener was oprah Right. And so we always look at people with these huge numbers. And I think people get a little discouraged when they do their podcast and they think that it's going to happen overnight. Like, you know, one of our mutual friends like Jamie Tardy or Jamie Masters now. Mm -hmm. Right. I think she did her podcast for nine months and was about to quit and just hung in there. And then things just, you know, clicked for her and things changed and it built up her momentum. I mean, I've built this whole business off my podcast 
because of listening to your podcast, I was like, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I literally, I was like, what is this podcast thing? Because I was watching your podcast like on the website, not even over the phone. And then someone was like, you know, you can listen to it on your iPhone. I'm like, really? I was like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I should, I should. Yeah. By the way, guys, if you're listening to this on my website, like you should subscribe so you can get it on your device. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for that one too, uh, Jason. But, yeah. you know, moving on to, to, to something else, I think a lot of people who start to grow a business like an agency kind of get into this sort of, you know, rhythm of hire and get more clients and hire, get more clients. Like I've seen people fall off the rails because it just grows too big, too fast. How would you help people understand kind of growth pacing and what's too big? How, how do you begin to even discover what that is before you even get started? Well, it's really about the systems that you set up and really like, you know, the first system I talked about was clarity, giving them that, that, that power in order to make a decision. But the other ones is making sure that you have systems for sales, you have systems for delivery and standard operating procedures. And when you hire people and when you're doing the budgeting or even starting back in the very beginning, when you're doing your pricing for your, your, your services that you're actually providing, assuming a year out, who are the people that you need to hire? Look, I always tell everybody, everybody comes to me, they're like, Hey, my profitability, like they tell me their gross revenue. I'm like, I don't care about your gross revenue. I know a lot of 10 million, hundred million dollar agencies that make zero. So that's not good. So what is your profitability margin? And they say, Oh, it's 15, 20%. I'm like, okay, do you know the service based bureau? All the service-based companies in the U.S. based on the service bureau is around 32%. That's the average. So you're way below the average. So let's focus on profitability. Then what we need to do is factor in all these people I need to hire. Let's factor them in like we already have them. So now we can price our services at the right time, the right price. So when we do bring them in, we're still at a profitability range because a lot of people get to, let's say the million, two million mark, they hit a ceiling and then they're like, man, I'm making less. Like, let me just go back. And it's kind of like a life cycle of your business, right? Like the very beginning of your business is fun. It's in that fun stage, but then it starts getting more complex and you start going through kind of like this whitewater phase. And the only way to get through it is to implement systems and operating procedures and hire the right people in the right position. You're perfectly fine to go back, but now the business is all dependent on you. So you can't do vacations and you're basically built a prison for your job that you can never leave and you're just trapped. And and I remember going through this. I remember I got to a point that mm-hmm. I literally like my marriage was at a, a train wreck from it just because I was so stressed out. And my wife said, why don't you just quit? Like literally I had about 20 people at the time. And I said, she goes, why don't you go get a job? Because it's just getting too stressful for you. And so I literally, I started applying to NASCAR and I, I used to race cars for, um, and so I was like, that'd be cool. And so I started applying for the CMO of NASCAR. And they asked me two questions. What do you want to do? And what don't you ever want to do ever again? And these two questions I started answering, I started listing it out. And then I was like, dude, I can do this in my agency. So let me write out a list of all the things I never want to do ever again. And let me write out the things that I'm really good at that I want to do. And then what I started doing is saying, who can I actually hire for this? And that changed everything for me. When I did this, the business started taking off. Mm -hmm. That's huge. 
that would be good exercise for everybody to do after listening to this. Yeah. What do you want to do and what don't you ever want to do ever again? And then find a way to outsource to just say no or have technology do it for you. And like nowadays, there's so much out there that can actually help you with it, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, any of the cool email marketing systems out there. And, you know, we can do a shameless plug to the company that you're on the visor on to if you want to right? all, all those things. So, no, I appreciate that. I want to talk about your team a little bit um, or anybody's team if they have an agency. Uh, I think managing a team is a completely new experience. It's something that I experienced um, relatively not too long ago in the whole era of me being online and it's definitely challenging but it's it's fun for sure and obviously the business has grown and scaled as a result of that but it, but but managing a team is challenging and you know i i work with contractors and i have people who work for me and you know i know a lot of people don't want to go the team route just because they're scared i mean they've been so conditioned to be the one man or one woman show how, how do you help a person Besides like, yes, your business will grow, obviously, but I think there's just some internal kind of blockages related to hiring other people, managing them, worrying about like having to fire them. Like that's all like really emotional stuff that's hard for a lot of people to deal with. And, you know, you obviously can't have an agency if it's just you. I mean, I guess you could, but how do you help a person through that, Jason? Well, you got to decide, do you want to grow it? Or do you want to grow it further past you? Do you want to serve more people just past you? And if the answer is yes, then you, there's no there's no question that you have to bring on a team. But if you just want a lifestyle business and you're happy, then keep it just you. That's perfectly fine. There's no right or wrong answer. It just mm-hmm. matters on don't complain to me and say, Jason, I'm miserable. I never get to go on vacation. I'll be like, well, hire someone like go go set this up. And and then I kind of walk them through the roles that they need to do because they need to transition from an agency owner or a, a business owner to a CEO. And there's kind of four or five roles that you need to do. One I've already talked about, set the vision and communicate it often to your team. The other one is coach and mentor your leadership team or one level down. You Your whole job, and, and whenever anybody works for me or wor- with me, my whole job is to make them a better person and to help them get to wherever they need to go. So if they want to create a a competitive business and just learn how I'm doing it and they could help me for a little bit and then do that, I help them with it. Like I'm I'm totally fine with that. Um, the other one is, is the assist sales, not to do all of sales, mm-hmm. understand the financials. You don't have to be a financial wizard. Like I was horrible with math. I loved it when my teacher went to be like, Jason, you have to learn how to do arithmetic because it's not like you're going to have a calculator in your pocket all the time. I'm like, who won now? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then be the front face of the organization and really get out there. And those are the only things that you need to do. And if you do that, and you give the power to your team to make the decisions, then you can get over that that hump of going, oh my gosh, someone else is, I'm responsible for someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and you're always having that self-doubt. You just got to go like, if I could do it. And this comes to, like when I started my agency, I was 22. I didn't even know what an invoice was, Pat. Someone asked me to send them an invoice in 1999. There was no Google. I literally went to my dad. I go, what's an invoice? So if I can do it and I can figure all this out and create a big agency and sell it, you guys are well ahead of me. <laughs> I love it. What's your, what's your favorite part of what you do, Jason? I'm seeing other people successful and... And I learned this, like when I sold my agency, I thought that was it, right? I mean, like, cool, 
super successful now. I, I don't have to worry about money. But I was depressed. Literally a week later, I was depressed. I literally, I was like, oh my gosh, because I didn't have that significance affecting anybody Mm -hmm. and working with the team and making them better. I literally was like, great, I'm successful. Now what? Like, is this the best life has to give? And then when my old competitors started reaching out to me, it was like, how'd you get Hitachi? How'd you do Lotus cars? How'd you do LegalZoom? Like we created LegalZoom. And and so like they started asking me how to do this and I started helping them out and I loved it. And my wife, who's a lot smarter than me, was like, "Why don't you, why don't you put out content?" And uh, you know, you've been listening to this, this some dude on on your computer forever. Why don't you do that? <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay, like I'll try it." Hence, like you have the Smart Passive Income podcast. I have the Smart Agency podcast, right? So you yeah, can yeah. see the similarities, right? And so I started doing that, and I started getting that significance back. And I want to make other people successful. That's what drives me. And when I hear other stories, like, hey, Jason, I've been listening to your podcast for years. Like, I've been doing it for four years now. And it's just the coolest feeling to be like, hey, you changed my life. You, you were able to give me you know, the freedom to do what we wanted. I mean, it's just, there's no better feeling, I don't think. That's awesome, man. And name of the podcast one more time so people, right after they listen to the show, they can go subscribe to that. Yep. Smart agency masterclass. And then I also have the swank today show is a daily uh, podcast as well. A daily show. What's what's on that one? So that's kind of a, a daily vlog that I've been doing where I answer questions from people or if I get off uh, a client call and I'm like, dude, this person was asking questions that I think all my other audience needs to hear. I'll turn on the camera. I'll record it. Extract out the audio, put that video out there as well. So, you know, we're on Alexa. If I have to say Alexa real small or she'll get mad at me <laughs> in the other room, right? We all know that. And uh, yeah, so I got two shows. But if you go to swank.it, you guys can link to it. Sweet, man. Dude, this is super helpful, and I know a lot of people are going to love this episode. Um, one final piece of advice for the guy or gal who's listening to the show right now, and they're getting really excited about the prospect of, you know, maybe online courses and ebooks. I mean, they're just maybe not ready for that yet, but they can, and they have the skills to help mm-hmm. other people and other businesses and potentially build an agency model, but they're still a little bit fearful. Help them through that. I mean, you just got to do it. I I want you to be more fearful of not doing it than actually failing at doing it because, right? Because you're going to, you're going to fail. You're going to fail so many times. Like I fail all day long, but I actually get excited about it. I actually like failing because I'm learning from it and I can actually apply it and then I can actually, you know, go forward. But if I'm just sitting there going, if I'm waiting for it to be perfect and I just don't do it, like, for example, I have a book I've been working on for the past two years. It's my fear on it was, man, I put all my strategies and everything in this book and it's only $35 like, like, oh my gosh. But then I started realizing, I was like, dude, I I need to practice what I preach. I need to get it out there, find out what works, what doesn't work, just do it. And uh, I'm more fearful of not putting the book out there than it actually flopping. Mm. I love that kind of shift in in your mindset there. And I think we could all benefit from doing that in many areas of our life. Jason, one more time, uh, where, where should people go to check out more stuff from you? 
Yeah. So you can go to my website, jasonswank.com if you're an agency. Um, and if you're not an agency, totally fine. Go to swank.it and you can uh, listen to my Swank Today show because it's all for business owners out there. Just I give a lot of agency advice there, but you just have to figure out how do I take it. And uh, yeah, I just try to give away about 90% of my stuff for free. 10% I charge for just to make sure you actually go do it, right? You got to yeah. charge for something so they actually go do it. That's S W E N K. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not related to Hillary. No. <laughs> cool, man. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it, and uh, all the best. Thanks, Pat. Hey guys, we're back. Yeah, the show hasn't ended yet. That's because right after I, I closed the call, Jason came back. He's like, "Dude, I forgot to talk about this really important thing." about my contact page and messenger bots and so jason's back and we're going to talk about that really quick so you got some bonus content for you <laughs> so thanks again jason we'll make this uh quick and high hitting so yep. what, what's the deal here what's going on yeah the one thing i was realizing was when i had people going to my contact page and filling out my form it always took me about a day two days to get back and then once i got back to someone i was always competing with their email and I wanted to make it a better experience. So I got rid of my contact page and I changed it into a messenger bot. And it's like, for example, like think about if you're walking into Best Buy and you go to someone, hey, I want a TV. And the clerk says, okay, yeah, go to aisle four, right? That's kind of how your website's do dealing right now. But what I wanted to do was like, I wanted that person to be able to walk you down to the aisle and say, start asking you about your house. And how big is it of a TV do you want? What are you going to watch on it? And so that's what I do to start the conversation with my Facebook Messenger bot. So I load up ManyChat with it. Now, I'm going to warn you guys. If you guys go to the contact page, don't overwhelm me because you'll see this in a second. You'll have a couple different questions. And I make it fun. And So think about, like, I serve agency owners. So it's uh, called DonBot, like after Don Draper and I literally have Don on there like smoking a cigarette and it says, Hey, are you starting an agency? Do you have an agency or other, right? I don't have an agency. And then I ask revenue. And then based on those answers, I direct them to where I think they need to go. And then here's what I do. The bot extra. directs them. The bot directs them. Cool. And then what I do is I jump on my phone or my iPad and I record a voice memo to them. So, Pat, if you're on my website and you're going through the bot with Don, and I'm upfront with them too. In the very beginning, I said, this is a Don bot. This is not Jason. Answer these two questions and then you can chat directly with Jason. And then I actually go, hey, Pat, just... Uh, I saw that you're starting an agency. You definitely should check out the agency playbook. If you have any questions, let me know. And then we could start a dialogue. And I, Pat, in two months, I've generated over $250,000 just from this because of the personalization and getting people to where they need to go. And I think everybody should change their contact page to something like this in order to assist them to make a better experience. And the cool thing is, is like as we're recording this podcast, people are hitting me up. I'll get on it two hours later. I'll start a message. But the amazing thing is it rings their butt. It vibrates their butt. So now I can have a conversation with them. I'm not competing with email anymore. That's huge. Is the messenger situation still on your website or are they being taken to Facebook for that? They're taken to Facebook. It's totally off my website. On your contact form, however, on your page. The I don't even have a contact page. I oh, literally do a redirect to ManyChat to open up the Facebook Messenger. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay, cool. Wow. Yeah. 
super powerful. I have, I'll have to explore that. Uh, but thank you for coming on and give it, giving us some bonus content. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, guys, check it out. It will change everything for you if you want to have a better conversation and not lose your leads because you can do the follow-up too. Literally, think about your email rates. You'll get 20% response rate, maybe 5% click-through rate. I'm seeing 85% re- uh, um, readability rate and over 50% click-through rate. So guys, go check it out. And that voicemail is done through ManyChat and Facebook? I actually, just through my Facebook Messenger on my phone. Yeah, just like a direct. I mean, yeah, how direct. personal is that, right? Yeah. And when you guys are testing out, if you guys go test it out, please just say, if you're not an agency, go no. <laughs> because okay. yeah, I, do, I, was gonna say, I do chat uh, with everybody. Uh, and if I get overwhelmed, like I, I was on uh, perpetual traffic and uh, I told them and literally the day it went live, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I was like 900, I can't respond. <laughs> okay, so say no, everybody, if you go to Jason's uh, contact page. And that's at yeah. uh, jasonswink.com, right? There, there you go, yeah. Okay. Sweet, man, thanks again. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jason Swank. You can find him at jasonswank.com or swank.it. And you can even find his new book, Accelerating Your Agency, at jasonswink.com slash book. Jason, congrats on the book, and thanks for helping us all out today. This was a very enlightening show because I am not, I don't have an agency, although I can imagine how much easier it would be now after listening to your show and thinking about SOPs and scaling and keeping that um, you know, the, the the value in your brand, even though you might be expanding and hiring people, this is all incredible. So thank you, Jason. I appreciate you so much again, jasonswink.com. If you want to check out the show notes and everything mentioned and the resources listed here in this show, all you have to do is go to the show notes page at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 332, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 332. And thank you so much. I look forward to serving you in the next episode. Cheers, take care. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.